Hello and welcome to Bellcast, brought to you by journalism students Isabella Tarrant and Ella Hodson. After what has been the strangest and weirdest year, we are finally back and it feels so lovely to be in the studio again. So on today's episode, we're going to be sharing a few of the things that kept us sane this last year, as well as talking about the reason that Sarah Everard's case has struck home with so many women and we're going to have a bit of a conversation about the conversations surrounding that. But before we get into all of that, <laughs> how are you, Elle? <laughs> it literally feels like forever that we've like been in here. Um, like, like last week was the first time we hung out on our own for like <laughs> literally since like last year. Because um, yeah. obviously, like we were isolating, but we weren't on our own. And then, <laughs> and then everything happened, and we all went home. And it's just you were quarantined. This is what I was thinking. Like, why didn't we hang out? And I was like, yeah. oh, because you were quarantining, and we didn't have any modules together. We aren't living together. And I was just like, why? And then I was like, <laughs> oh, because everything was yeah. just up in the air yeah and yeah it was just it's just been a bit mental yeah um but yeah good this week has been good yeah. just mounting pressure for uh dissertation work um because we are now final year studentes. I don't know when that happened. <laughs> I'm not really sure these past few year, like three years have just gone so quickly oh they really have um and just just mad Mm. but how are you i'm all right like i think it's kind of difficult to answer that question at the moment just because Mm. like some parts of it still feel the exact same as last year but um yeah no i think at the moment like i sort of i'm going through phases of feeling a bit shit yeah wanting to just like cry um and then other days where i feel like my spirits are really lifted and i'm like today's gonna be a great day yeah and Like, like in like lockdown 2.0 i think more days for me were shit and then this time around because it is spring it, and like mm-hmm. there's been a lot more sunny days i've been a bit little bit more uh uplifted as yeah. you said like yeah. i just feel like a little bit more happy um but yeah like just it, it's just <laughs> been a weird year i don't want yeah. people to think i'm good all the time because no. i'm not <laughs> Lots of doom scrolling. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think um, just small things like being able to record, even though we're sat like really, really, really (laughs) far apart. Yeah. um, It's just really nice because it is that sort of, oh, this feels kind of normal. Yeah. Even though we've had to come in and wipe everything down within an inch of its life. And just like the thing what is that's weird is that like okay we've been into uni and it feels a bit normal now but like why weren't we wiping things down before i I literally had this conversation the other day with someone where um i said like i always carry a bottle of hand sanitizer with me always yeah like whenever whenever i went on the tube especially and people would look at me before like yeah okay i used to do that too and and i just think okay well when was the last time that any of this was cleaned yeah (laughs) exactly just just tell me that and like um there's just been especially at the start of um the pandemic everyone was like as if it's taken a pan global pandemic for people to understand personal space and personal (laughs) hygiene it's like we're I always used to say this to you. I used to come in somewhere and go, oh, I really need to wash my hands. Didn't yeah. I? Literally, 
it was kind of like it was at least every hour or so that you yeah. just like even if you hadn't been to the loo you'd just be like oh, I'm just gonna go and wash my hands yeah and, and you got me into a habit of doing that as well like I wouldn't announce it but yeah. I'd just like disappear off and like say like I might have said I was going to the loo I was just going to wash my hands and it was kind of it wasn't really like a germaphobe thing it was kind of yeah. like my hands kind of feel a bit gross because yeah. they've not been washed for a yeah. while and like yeah so like it's just funny like how people were they not washing their hands before yeah, that's, honestly that's kind of what i wonder but maybe they just weren't but yeah. also the personal space thing i remember um when i worked at body shop customers would like just stand slightly <laughs> too close to me and i just think like personal space is being affected right <laughs> now like just take like half a step back or i would then they'd step forward with me and i think no, yeah. I'm trying to like just have like half an inch more because mm. that's more comfortable. But like even people like now in Aldi, you'll go to reach for a broccoli and someone will mm. swoop in and be like one centimetre away from you and it'd be like, what are you doing? Do you know that literally <laughs> happened to me the other day? Buying broccoli. There was this couple that oh were God. like properly... Um, like one of them had lifted up the thing to try and like get the ones that had that slightly longer um, sell buys on them. Oh yeah. Even though you kind of can tell when broccoli goes off, but <laughs> yeah, they sort of lifted it up, and I was just stood there for like a good two minutes, mm. just like keeping my distance. I just like I just want to grab a broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> I can't because there's two of you there. I know. And but. you just end up just it takes so much longer because you're mm. just queuing and just it's just I'm waiting just to go back to normal, but I'm also yeah. like as much as it's a cliche thing to say this is the new normal like Mm. how much is it going to go back to normal because I feel like the hand sanitizer thing is a pretty good idea wiping down trolleys Mm. is a pretty good idea masks when you're ill again Uh, pretty good idea um so like you know um I don't know what it will be like when we go back to normal what do you think Mm. I don't know I guess yeah I guess I kind of feel similarly I think sort of wiping everything down is definitely going to become a new normal and I always actually found myself especially coming into uni or going to the library that I would want to wipe down the keyboard just because mm. I think that I don't know when that was last done and I don't know who's used this before me or I would at least go and like wash my hands or sanitize them or something before I use stuff just because I thought well you don't know where the person before you yeah. has been you don't know when the last time this was cleaned and stuff but yeah I think you know um I think people will just be a lot more aware, like whether or not we will continue wearing masks, like whether someone's like ill or got a cough or something. But I just think yeah. generally people will be far more aware of themselves and other people, and sort of as you were sort of saying, the proximity that they get to yeah. other people. I think um, interesting. But this is as exciting as it gets now, isn't it? Talking about broccoli <laughs> and food shops. And I know we were saying the other day, weren't we? That um, we we're you're 22 I'm 21 Mm. and um we feel like grandmas we feel (laughs) like we should we go to bed at a reasonable hour every Mm. night and haven't got drunk in however long and and haven't danced like nobody's watching in so long and that's honestly the thing that I miss most is like going out having a few drinks but dancing yeah just dancing and it's just like all the time every weekend it was just mental dancing too but like yeah and I just feel like I just get very annoyed when I hear a party around where I live it's it's a studenty area so it's Mm -hmm. it's bound to happen but like I I'm like the old man with the with the house in like monster house or whatever and I'm like those damn kids (laughs) 
why I yada. Like, Those meddling kids. They're the same age as me. <laughs> and I just have FOMO, basically. Yeah. But yeah, and I also get annoyed because they shouldn't be having parties. Mm. And I know it's probably just with their house or whatever and they're just having fun, yeah. but they shouldn't be having parties <laughs> either. So I also get annoyed with that. And then I'm like, oh, get over it, Ella. It's not your issue. Yeah, so. I think... Um, honestly think everyone should have like you know maybe set aside a friday night or a saturday night where you just like kind of just get like have pre's with your house and basically just have like extended pre's <laughs> like do you remember um, my brother's birthdays he, yeah. he like basically half the party was just like preying at his house <laughs> yeah. from like eight till like half 12 before yeah. you then go out yeah so i think we should start doing that <laughs> honestly just extended pre's yeah. but yeah, I can't do another Zoom session on my own, just getting drunk. They were so depressing, oh, yeah. weren't they? <laughs> I mean, I don't... Actually, no, I, ha- I have done a few of those. Um, I did one like, when I went home friends. and with my school friends. And um, I was so, like, happy to, like, see them on Zoom and talk to them and whatever. So I was getting so drunk and whatever. And then I was like, okay, I've run out of alcohol. Let me go search out some alcohol. So mm. I found this dubious bottle of rosé, <laughs> half... <laughs> Oh, half um full empty you know it's whatever. gonna be good when it's a dubious yeah. bottle and i um drank it and then the next day i didn't i wasn't really that drunk and i didn't feel that hungover mm. and then the next day i threw up and i was oh, like no. i did not drink that much and then i realized it was because my mum went to me yeah that rosé has been in there since about march and i was like and at this point it was may <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was May. It was oh May. God, that's literally the like dot dot dot. It was Rebecca Vardy's account. <laughs> dot, dot dot dot. It was May. Yeah, it was May, and um, that's really depressing. Yeah, isn't it? so I drank uh, opened rosé that was mm. had been open for two months. It didn't really oh, taste yeah. very nice either. Yeah, no, I was gonna. <laughs> so I, think, I got drink poisoning. <laughs> oh, I honestly think there is um, like a fridge life to any wine oh, yeah. of like really it's about a day and a half <laughs> after that like it's it just doesn't you don't taste want to drink quite it. right no I'm, you don't want to drink it no definitely not <laughs> <laughs> oh honestly i feel like the only other exciting thing that has happened in the last week is getting an eye test and oh yeah that i need glasses yay <laughs> she bland <laughs> no um yeah. but yeah this that was something that has like bugged me since september you, in second year when you explained it to me i was like how did you not realize (laughs) obviously you it's your not like it's what you think is normal and then when someone says to you um oh that's not how things are meant to be that picture you showed me honestly because it was genuinely like how i'd always seen it so i just assumed that everyone else because it's not something you ever really bring up is it like oh have you seen like those brake lights like do you see lines coming off of them (laughs) um and yeah then just talking to people about it it's like is he like no no one no, one no baby like no <laughs> yeah but um so yeah i mean now i won't get any more headaches so as of tuesday i will be able to see things nice and clearly and that's good just mainly the thing for me is just the headaches because yeah. i get them basically every single day because obviously mm. i'm on my laptop all the time yeah and you can't see it yeah exactly <laughs> and it like or just my eyes start hurting or i'm like squinting to see stuff but yeah so yeah. that's exciting <laughs> that is exciting Should we talk about some of the stuff that has kept us a little bit more sane over the last couple of years? Yes. Uh, over the last couple of years? Over the last year. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> a yeah, couple of years. Literally just for like, the last couple of years. Um, so should we start with some books? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I've just finished a book called It's Just Kids by Patti Smith, which I think a lot of people have read, um, which was really good because it's about like um, 1970s counterculture. And um, yeah, and she, it's about her relationship and friendship with the famous artist Robert Mapplethorpe and just the um, trials and tribulations that they went through, the ups and downs of their relationship and mm. friendship. And uh, it was um, it was like really unapologetically name dropping. Like it'd be like, <laughs> so, yeah, so Salvador Dali was at this bar and oh Andy God. Warhol came to my show. And like, um, it was just, it was really just fun to read because it, because I'm obsessed with like um, 1970s counterculture in America, both in California and in New York. So it was really interesting to just learn more about that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've just kind of trying to live my Patti Smith hippie punk rock life. Yeah. Just in 2021, I've read um, a couple of books um, about 1970s cu- counterculture. I read Notes on Camp, which is like two essays, Ooh, which good. was really cool. And what else did I read? I, I read John Berger's Ways of Seeing, which is like about art and like the way we perceive art and advertising and the history of art and stuff. But the one I've note was The Valley of the Dolls, which is often labelled as chiclet. Yeah. But I think everybody should read it. Man, woman, whoever you are, non-binary, mm. whoever you are, you need to read Valley of the Dolls because it kind of, I think, I mean, I think it's a bit of a feminist text even though Jacqueline Suzanne who wrote it does not say it's a feminist text but like it kind of is feminist in the way that you look at it and read it and you go oh that was really horrible to live in those times and thank god Mm. it's changed just a little bit Um, but it's also really funny and like you read it and it's like all these caricatures and stuff and then uh, when I finished it, I was like, my heart was pounding and like, I was like red in the face. And I was like, I'm so angry. And it's a book that like, just like makes you angry. Like yeah. I was like, oh, this has just made me really passionate, this yeah. book. So I would recommend that too. Yeah, um, that sounds good. But in 2020, obviously I did have a lot more time to read books. Yeah. Um, and I read um, The White Album, again, is about 1960s, 1970s counterculture, but in... Um, California by Joan Didion which I would recommend if you're into that stuff and My Year of Rest and Relaxation which was so good I have heard (laughs) so much about that so if you've got it I would very much like to borrow that oh yeah I will Um, me and Ella were literally just saying before we started recording that Ella's basically got a little library so I should just (laughs) raid it whenever yeah I'll I'll create a logbook and you can have a library card oh please (laughs) honestly that sounds amazing and obviously do you want to talk about Ghosts by Dolly Alderson yes um so I've so as Ella sort of said like um with reading and stuff like last year I did have quite a lot of time to read but I think I just sort of read books that I already liked mm. that sort of made me feel really good so Reread on the Road by Jack Carrack because it's like my yearly thing <laughs> um but yeah one of the books that I actually read this year um was Ghosts by Dolly Alderton which is her second book following everything I know about love but this was her first novel and I loved it. It was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, it was so good. I think, like, if you know Dolly's writing, you know that it's very honest, it's quite funny, but it's... It's quite autobiographical as well, yeah. which is kind of... it's. It, it kind of felt like a fictionalised everything I know about yeah. love. Um, but I kind of liked that. In a, it was kind yeah. of in a good way. <laughs> yeah, because I think it was definitely sort of the idea of it being fictionalised within everything I know about love, but also it was just 
like I think you just sort of feel like you know exactly that kind of yeah. story you know someone that's um sort of been through it um for anyone who hasn't read it it's um basically a book that looks at modern romance um and relationships among friends family as well as partners and i literally finished with it within a day i think i messaged yeah. you like oh, i'm just about to start it and then like <laughs> literally like less than 24 hours later i was like i finished it i love it yeah i like read like the first 100 pages like just at night when i was really really tired and then like one night i wasn't really that tired so then i ended up reading it and then i was like looked at my watch and it was 1am and I was like okay I'll read like one more chapter and then I looked at my watch again it was 4am and I'd finished the book and I was like oh oh, it's just so good and I think it is because it is something that you can recognize and you whether or not you yourself relate to it I think just the story itself yeah you just think yeah that is kind of like modern romance that's what happens when you like well probably what happens when you meet someone on um a dating app because yeah but um yeah it's just one of those like really honest accounts and I I think because it does feel like a sort of fictionalized version of everything I know about love it sort of relates even more especially if you read it yeah it's um also she's so observant I Mm. um I feel like I can be quite observant so I kind of relate to her observations um which is a bit meta but um so there's one bit where she says about um her friend being able to be one of those people who can just say anything out the blue and just make conversation about nothing whereas like she the character Nina doesn't really know how to do that and I completely related to that like just being able to like talk and just go oh the weather and um oh you got a new cat and oh um oh isn't it a shame about this thing that's in the news I and like honestly st- think this is why you and I get on so well because I'm the exact same <laughs> I was reading it like yeah I can literally make a conversation about pretty much anything <laughs> but like I but I just I'm not really like one for small talk especially if I don't mm. like someone else <laughs> like I'm just not if I do, I, I can clock out of a situation whereas like I know people who can just make a conversation and it's just it's quite annoying for me mm. <laughs> I'm like not like you that because I like you but like people I don't like when they do it yeah. I'm like oh it really gets on my nerves you know yeah I, I do find it like comes in quite handy though when you know someone just wants like distracting from something yeah like, just be like oh my god so this thing happened to me the other day and it's a completely pointless story and probably a lot of the stories I tell are like way too detailed and like don't really matter but I think sometimes it does really come in handy yeah and especially like when you feel like a little bit uncomfortable in a situation just like just you feel a little bit awkward and you can just talk to try and fill it (laughs) definitely a person who would rather just sit in silence very uncomfortably um I but I feel quite comfortable being silent you know yeah no I I have that too I think it just depends on who it's with yeah um yeah (laughs) I could just yeah I can I just really relate to Nina in that situation just Mm. being like how does her her friend's called Catherine isn't she and she's like how does Catherine do it how does she just make a conversation with my mum out of nothing and like and like her mum she describes her mum as that person being able to just be like oh you got a you've got a new blue top on and or whatever and and I can't remember the exact words but it was so poetic the way she worded it and it was it was really like it was you'd never ever think about it but when she says it it's like oh that's that feeling of like not being able to make a conversation with someone yeah it's just (laughs) it's just a beautiful book like I urge everyone to read it and everyone to also read everything I know about love just yeah I think it's just the way that she gets her perspective down on paper it does seem just so like universal that Mm. anyone could read it and be like oh my god okay that's what like 
that's what they're thinking or yeah. like oh that makes so much sense i do think it is one of those books that you can just very very easily relate to and that is just down to dolly being dolly mm. as, as though i know her which <laughs> oh I yeah feel like I do. we do we do we Listen do to enough episodes of the high low to <laughs> to grant that but like what books have you been liking as well as that um I honestly like i just don't really think i've read anything like new new um i think the only one that i've really read that really struck a chord i mean there was um i read she said um which is about um the two women that uncovered the harvey weinstein yeah. case um and that is heavy um mm. but it's like basically spurred me to write my dissertation um but the other one that i read before that and i'm gonna issue a little trigger warning um about um this is called know my name which was the chanel oh, yeah. um miller memoir which for anyone who doesn't know she is emily doe in the really infamous case that she had against brock turner um yeah. and this is basically her story from the day that her assault happened and then everything that happened afterwards um it's heartbreaking yeah. it's it's so uncomfortable yet so powerful and it's just this incredible story of a young girl deciding to just take back her name and the control of the situation. Um, I honestly urge everyone to read it. It's one of those books that it makes you uncomfortable, but in like the right ways of asking certain questions. And um, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know the case, um, she basically was assaulted um, after a party behind a dumpster that's the American term, um, behind a bin, um, on um, campus at Stanford University. And, yeah, it's just amazing. I really want to read that book, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, And that obviously ties in with the thing we're going to talk about later. Yeah, it's it's just one of those books that... It it took me a while to even pick it up, and it took me quite a while to finish it, because obviously it is so heavy. And I think the actual very first chapter is just about, like you know when she woke up um Mm. and yeah it's just yeah it's just so powerful and and, and even talking about it like like I've sort of got goosebumps and I feel a bit uncomfortable but it's just yeah it's just this incredible account and I just think the power and the strength that she had to write the book Mm. but also um I think she sort of got the idea from sharing her experience on BuzzFeed when she wrote that thing of I'm Emily Doe Mm. um yeah and it's just incredible um so yeah i loved that um in quite a strange way i think yeah. um but yeah i think aside from that i've just been pretty rubbish with reading and i I've think yeah the pandemic can has made you has made reading like quite a chore mm. i don't know like it you can go off reading because you can't you have to sit and read yeah and um as with everything going on it's kind of hard to tune into a book because you've got your mind going there's a pandemic there's a pandemic yeah, exactly. and, <laughs> and I think that's why I was reading books I'd already read or like mm. random chapters from books that like everything I know about love are just yeah. nice that I think oh I just like I know escapism. this yeah and it's just one of those things that you know re- yeah escapism it just reminds you of being somewhere else when you read it because um whenever i read on the road it just makes me think of when i read it on holiday yeah um and i'm just like okay i'm like (laughs) i'm in italy and it's lovely um 
but yeah i think yeah with um books i've just been a bit rubbish but yeah, yeah ghosts and know my name have been my favorites and i urge everyone to read them yeah i finished um ghosts in like november and then didn't read another book in 2020 so yeah i just spent and i'm a big reader and like yeah. i just spent like a month just not not getting into anything either and yeah. like lots of books were hard to read I was challenging myself too much to like read like Oscar Wilde or or yeah. Edith Wharton or something so I what I do when I find them difficult is go back to modern read re, um, authors yeah. and read their books and then go and yeah, tackle exactly. the Jane Austen and the yeah. and the Charlotte Bronte <laughs> yeah because I think once you're you know in the flow of reading again you think yeah. oh this is i enjoy this then yeah. you can be like right now i'll tackle a proper classic that, yeah you know like you know charlotte bronte and um, exactly Jane austen that you think okay now i can do it because you sort of reminded yourself you can read i know that's what i always do and and i've finished just kids the other day and i'm already on to another book whereas mm. normally i might just be like oh no i'll just I'll wait a couple of days and it turns into yeah. a couple of weeks and a couple of months and yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Like, but the thing that's really like made me not think about the pandemic almost is listening to podcasts. Um, yeah, and which is like a thing that I listen to constantly when I'm getting ready for bed, when I get ready in the morning, when mm. when I'm making my food. I I like to listen to podcasts. I always yeah. have done, but like especially so this year, this past year yeah. has been like a really good like just break even if they're talking about the pandemic it's kind of like yeah. oh but they're in California and it's happening to them too yeah. and like you know what I mean like it's it's not just a single experience it's yeah. a community th- community experience and I think the nice thing is is that obviously like even even though they're talking about it you do feel like oh I'm not alone like like, yeah. like it's not just me and yeah. I always find that whenever I do work that's when I want to listen to podcasts because I think yeah. if it's music I'll just get distracted and want to have a dance but yeah. if it's someone talking I don't know I find it really like soothing yeah um so yeah what podcasts have you been listening to because um, I need to, I haven't really been listening to anything <laughs> new I'll give you some recommendations please do um so obviously my favorite murder murder is one of my favorite yeah. podcasts I've mentioned it before but like especially so like this past year it's like two women just talking about the pandemic and what they've been watching and like and then they talk about some murder and you're like oh that's a really shit thing um, but the, the first hour of the show it's normally a two-hour show the first hour of the show they normally just waffle and it's like listening to your two aunties like just like talking about nothing your two cool aunties and it's like oh these people are like just talking about nothing and it feels I want to be when I'm older (laughs) yeah exactly and it feels like it feels like it's just a conversation and then oh they're talking about a murder now um which is interesting to learn about because I've always been interested in true crime. So, like, that's also an escapism thing for me. But, like, even more so now, it's just like the first hour is always a really good um, hour to listen to. Um, I've also been listening to this podcast that um, the Hilo recommended, actually, called You're Wrong About. Oh, yeah. Honestly. It is so good. <laughs> I can't recommend. Sorry, I just took a breath and like, <laughs> honestly, right. it is so good. Um, mm. Like, you feel so intelligent when you listen to it, and like, you're just like, oh, it's like, oh yeah, and then that's like that thing that happened, and even if they're talking about Jessica Simpson, and it's like. <laughs> the moral panic around Jessica Simpson yeah. and like how the media tr- um, treated her yeah. like it's all like 
mind-boggling how like awful these women got treated in the mm. noughties and 90s and even i mean still now but like they talk about past cases and like it just it helped me with my moral panics uni module that we I had mean, that sounds quite good for my dissertation yeah <laughs> sort of like context because yeah, I'm sort of writing about literally how UK media treated victims of Harvey Weinstein during yeah. his trial, like how so, they publicised. Yeah. I remember just in like, sorry to interrupt you, um, but like researching, um, there was that really famous um, headline about Charlotte Church when I think she was like 14 or 15, yeah. where basically like she's just wearing a like vest top and you can like see her boobs and it was basically like, oh, like hasn't she grown? You just think like, yeah, she's a child. But like that, what, that, um, I was on the front page next to a paedophile like um, case that they had um, reported on that was like these disgusting men and it's like the sun and it's like these disgusting men and then next to it oh 14 year old Charlotte Church and you just think do you not see the irony of like putting Mm, the two together but also like um, yeah so they just they're the best episodes when they talk about like Jessica Simpson and Anna Nicole Smith and uh tonya harding Mm. all these um wronged women um wronged as in from the media yeah and even like uh, they do like deep dives as well so in in um they call it quarantine over in the states but um in covid and whatever uh lockdown they they've been doing like deep dives so they did a deep dive of like oj the oj simpson trial and then they did a deep dive of princess diana and all her life and i'm i didn't i put off listening to the diana one for a while because i one it makes me too emotional when i think about it i'm just very i should have been um a woman in 1997 i would have gone and laid flowers in the wrong era yeah exactly i should have gone and laid flowers down but basically i just get too emotional when i think about it but Mm. because it's about debunking things it's called you're wrong about it was basically like saying how diana yes she was this amazing woman and she did all this activism but also she was still a person and she did all these like crazy crazy things like crazy things that women do and you're like oh that makes her more human like she also she did get so angry at camilla and she did get so angry at charles and like Mm. she was very flawed she was a very flawed person and i think like that's the thing we're all wrong about is that we treat her like this saint Mm. and i think it's more endearing that she has all these flaws and like like I'll let you listen to the episodes, but there's some shocking things like yeah. that come out, and it's like, oh my god, that's just like a human reaction, a human em- emotion to things mm. like seeing red and like doing something stupid. Um, oh, it just sounds so good. Like I'm definitely gonna listen to it because I remember them recommending it and being like, oh, that sounds interesting. And yeah. Then- typical me just forgetting <laughs> i wrote it down because it really did sound like something up my street because i really i know lots of people didn't like it but i was really into the moral panics module and i was I like it. and it was like um i was really into like how the media can spin yeah. things and like how that forms public opinion mm. and i think that like the way that they debunk all these myths that we all still believe um even now and yeah. it's like oh no these people were still people and like these the things that pe- most of the time when um things get reported on it's just a lie it's just blatant it's just a blatant lie yeah and it's just complete exaggeration yeah as well like i i really enjoyed the moral panics thing i mean obviously there are like a couple of topics that i was not as interested yeah. in yeah 
But um, yeah, I just thought it was so interesting. So, so you know that it happens, but looking at specific examples in certain cases, yeah, um, like the sort of gang culture and um, gun yeah. violence, that was really interesting. Um, and yeah, just sort of seeing how it suddenly went from like zero to a hundred yeah. and then back to zero. It was like, yeah. this is a really big problem. We're going to report loads on it. And now we're not going to because- Yeah, it's, there's know. another thing to yeah, report exactly. on. And um, just recently I've been <laughs> listening to a couple of podcasts um, that do deep dives into Sex and the City episodes. <gasps> <laughs> oh my God, why haven't you told me about this? Um, so I found- um this through dolly alderton again um we love dolly. she's doing a mini series on sentimental garbage which is um which is caroline o'donoghue's podcast mm. but they're doing like a mini series it's basically the premise of the sentimental garbage is that like they take again they did an episode of valley of the dolls and so like they take all these chiclet or seemingly unintelligent texts and stuff and they talk about it in a way that makes it like intelligent or Mm. like seemingly intelligent and like who's to say that like sex in the city isn't this amazing like life like era changing thing like because it changed so many people's attitudes on sex is i mean yeah. like um i haven't been listening to podcasts about it but i've been watching like loads of videos um about like why I th- I th- it's on like um it tends to be around like oh why this character is like the best or the worst yeah um but yeah there was one that i watched about um the fact carrie Rodgers was like a bit of a prude yeah and no that's what they another mm-hmm. podcast i listened to called so i got to thinking which is an episode by episode 10 pounds of garbage does it by series i'm gonna forget um sentimental garbage does it as a like a series but mm. um so i got to thinking does it with like the episode by episode so it's a bit more of a deep dive but mm. basically every episode they conclude it's like carrie is a sex columnist and she hasn't done anal or done it once and hasn't used a vibrator or <laughs> done all these things and it's like she's yeah she is a bit of a prude and it's yeah. like how that's not realistic as sex columnist she yeah. would have the experience of all these things yeah, exactly. but um so i got to thinking it's very good there's um obviously there's going to be loads of episodes but it's um juno dawson trans she's trans woman yeah. and um i didn't know really know who she was before mm. and she talks about trans experience a lot as well on it and it's it's just that aspect too is like really enlightening as well and it's Mm. just a good podcast to listen to it's just lots of fun which is another thing it's like me and my flatmate have been re-watching Sex and the City at the same time and it's just it's just pure escapism and it's just it's something that makes me so comforted and just I love it it is one of those like really nostalgic things that I'll put on like if if I can't think of anything to watch I'll be like okay I'm just gonna watch this like episode of Sex and the City it might be like from season three or something because I've watched it through so many times (laughs) now I'm just like you know which episodes to avoid like I can't watch the episodes where um, her and Aiden break up I just can't do it (laughs) I can't yeah 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 emotional oh they sound really good yeah um yeah i haven't really been listening to any podcasts um i've kind of just been re-listening to old hilo episodes because obviously it's <laughs> finished yeah and they're always yeah. good and obviously there are quite a few that i haven't listened to and i could probably go right back to the beginning and start it all again but yeah. um 
yeah i suppose i've just been sort of throwing myself into like films and tv yeah really um so there are a couple of series that um i want to mention um top boy being one of them oh yeah you um, watched that, didn't you? yeah i'm so late to certain things um so top boy is one of them so i can't remember the year that this came out but it basically follows um this i suppose like some people might call them a gang but it's basically just um like a housing estate in london um and you know them sort of like trying to earn money um by sort of selling drugs and um there's like there's so many incredible people in it there's kano ashley waters um dave like and you see these amazing performances from these young um boys and it it teaches you so much about black culture about growing up as um a black man on the estate as well as like black women like lil sims is in it too and it's just incredible i'm sure everyone's watched it but it is i haven't watched it. oh you should it's so good <laughs> yeah I um, think I will. it's so eye-opening as mm. well um to because obviously it's a completely different life um than you know we grew up with so it's yeah. just really interesting and um the acting is impeccable from everyone in it yeah um yeah it's just it's just lovely um yeah i think another one that everyone will probably have watched by now is normal people oh this so obviously we talked about the book quite a lot and we both loved it it was it's it's a book that um i hold a lot of like of my emotion to like it shaped a lot of like when i read it it was in a time where i was very confused and i was Mm. like I needed this book. I yeah. needed this book to tell me that it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to go back to the person that you know that you love, you know? And the series, I know I just interrupted oh. you, but go on. The series, obviously I think we everyone had quite, anyone who's read the book had quite high expectations mm. and it did not disappoint. Um, so Paul O'Connell and Daisy Edgar-Jones are now kind of a cult phenomena. Um, but their portrayal of Connell and Marianne was just stunning. It's... The story is about, um, it's based in Ireland and it follows two secondary school students and basically how they have this friendship that then turns into a relationship and then back to a friendship. And it's just, it's just amazing because yeah. it's so natural, it's so honest and it's really raw. It but is. Again, in that sort of really, oh, I can completely understand that, I can yeah. relate to it kind of way. Um, it's honestly, I think just the filmography of it was just gorgeous. It was so good. And like, the thing with like adaptations is that you have this you have the image of the yeah. people in your head and nothing's ever going to live up to your own ma- imagination but this was spot on this was perfect Connell was like Connell Connell <laughs> Marianne <laughs> Connell was like this beefy really hot guy who wore a chain and like had all these mates but were, like had a really sensitive side yeah. and like could like see it with Marianne and Marianne was cast so well oh I'm, I can't stress that enough also I think the way that um because in the book they talk about her at secondary school being this sort of like quite mousy quite shy but like very intelligent and driven yeah. person um, and then she goes off to university and then suddenly she's like this gorgeous, like exciting yeah, character. And we all they, know someone like that. <laughs> they did that transformation so well. It was they so did. subtle, mm. but they did it perfectly. And um, I even, I watched it with my mum and dad and they loved it and they hadn't, 
um, read the book or anything, but even the sex scenes, which, yeah. which usually like, if you're watching it with your parents, especially, you can be like, oh my God, but it wasn't uncomfortable. Yeah. It was, they were just beautiful. Yeah, like, they were. They were shot so, like it was believable. Oh, it was so believable. Like you kind of forgot that you were watching TV. It just mm. felt like you were watching two people just like be with each other. Yeah. and. Yeah, it was just stunning. Like, there's no other and word for it. It wasn't it was like so intimate as well. It wasn't like porn in the sense oh, that it was no. like rough and ready and like. But it, it was, was like sweet. it was loving yes. and like, like and like you saw two people who are having sex in a loving way, and yeah. it was it's such a nice representation from, mm. and it's like a nice, um, what's the word <laughs> for that? <laughs> can't really see what you're doing with your hands like divinate no diversion yeah it's such a nice diversion from like um what you see now in sex scenes that's like rough and ready and it lasts like two seconds and like and it's like slapping and s&m and stuff like that i also think just some of the themes that they covered sort of throughout it that they stuck to the book firstly, which I oh, loved. Yeah, I'm just glad that they did it as a TV show yeah. so they could stu- stick to yeah. the book. Because I think um, if it was done as a film, there'd be bits that they missed out. But they stuck to the book and I think that's part of the reason I liked it quite yeah. so much. Obviously, mm. because of the portrayal that um, Paul O'Connell and Daisy Edgar-Jones did. Um, but yeah, just the fact it was like this, like, this is what happened. And obviously, as you said, like we know the characters so well from the mm. book, like, you imagine them in your head. Yeah. And then literally every single element of it was just perfect. It just flowed. Like, even the fact it was a series and, um, you know, you like, would stop, like, it would, like an episode would finish. Um, and, you know, you'd be waiting for like, yeah. what happens next. It's, it didn't feel disjointed or anything, yeah. which I potentially think it could have done. But just the way they did it was gorgeous. And honestly, all I want to do is just live in Marianne's house in Italy. That's, <laughs> that's the only yeah, place I ever want to be. it is a nice place. And it's that stunning. holiday just look banging, yeah, to be fair. It's just, it's so grown up. But yeah. But so, like, vulnerable at the same time. Yeah, it's, and I think they do present, like, Marianne as this, like, um, girl who's, like, wants to be grown up so 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 much and then she's so vulnerable and just so she can't handle her emotions at all and like yeah that's and Connell doesn't really know how to express it unless he's with Marianne I know (laughs) I just love them I was also like um Daisy's accent is impeccable I didn't know that she was British so so I remember um like watching interviews afterwards and I was like She's not Irish. What? <laughs> I, like, I genuinely couldn't believe it because it's just so spot on. Mm. Um, and obviously, Paula Connell is Irish, and she completely holds her own next to his accent. And yeah. I think the thing that I love most is the fact that like, between the two of them, there wasn't a dominant like um, character. Mm. Like they both just seemed to like completely lead together, yeah. which was just lovely. And yeah, just yeah, I think everyone was cast so well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was just beautiful. So if you haven't watched it... <laughs> Which I, you probably have. <laughs> probably have, but watch it. Because I think it will be one of those things that you will just like go back and re-watch. Yeah. Whenever you're sort of either feeling a bit sad or you just miss normal people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've watched so many films this past year because yeah. I now go out with a film student. <laughs> so I can't not watch films. Yeah. Um, but I've watched so many classics and like just... Oh, it's so nice to see like 
old films, yeah. isn't it? Like the love portrayed in old films. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's witty and Audrey Hepburn is so witty and like <laughs> the way she delivers lines. Yeah. It's like, oh, yes. <laughs> but basically, I'm going to just list off some films yeah. that I've watched in the past year uh, that were I've just gone through my letterboxed if you want to follow me on letterboxed <laughs> um I've just gone through what? that and just um yeah um and just s- picked out my favorites from this past year so mm-hmm. I've watched Parasite in the past year obviously that one best picture which was it is amazing if you haven't watched it mm-hmm. um it's about uh these really rich people and this family who go and work for them mm. um I've watched Rosemary's Baby which <gasps> I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard (laughs) so many people rave about it. It's honestly one of the best films I've ever watched. I I read, I liked it so much that I wrote a piece about the outfits on it and what they represent. Um, It is directed by Roman Polanski, but I um, like to buy into the idea that the co-star who stars in it um, Mm. with Mia Farrow... um, he later became a director and there's this conspiracy theory that he actually directed the film and (laughs) and Roman Polanski was just like put in there as like a publicity thing so that's what I believe (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's what I believe I don't like to um, plug Roman Polanski so it it wasn't directed by him Um, (laughs) I've watched this film called Animals which um, has actually edit that out. I can't remember her name um, it's about these um, two girls who are a bit crazy and then one of them gets a boyfriend it's just about one of those fr- it's about those friendships that when one of you gets a boyfriend how that changed when you're both so wild before and yeah. and um, it was a really nice film that I, that I watched and I could that see really good. yeah I could see like my friendships and stuff and my like relationships and stuff like that I could mm. see I could see and relate to it yeah i've watched um phantom thread which is a really good film just it's just by paul thomas anderson and he it's just about this dressmaker and their relationship he sparks up with this waitress and it's so mm. good it is so good i would recommend i genuinely feel like i'm just gonna need your <laughs> notes from today just so i can go through and like listen to stuff and watch stuff yeah i watched suspiria which um oh, i haven't heard of that uh it's like a italian horror I'm into Italian horror now. I'm into really edgy. <laughs> I just, I films. probably don't know this film, but it's like called Suspiria. It's like <laughs> um, um, uh, I think you should only ever use that when you're talking about films. I know. I sound like such you a dork. <laughs> um, I get it all from from the film student. Yeah. Um, aforementioned. <laughs> Um, I watched Suspiria, which is really cool. It's really like um, Italian horror is quite um, stylistic, so mm. it's got like lots of those stylistic things. And it's just about this ballet dancer that um, goes. It's a bit witchy and it's a bit suspicious. The people keep going missing and stuff. So it's um, it's quite spooky and yeah. it's not it's not scary. It's horror, yeah. but it's Italian horror, so it's not scary. Like, I don't really like horror. I don't like really watching horror yeah, on my no, own. you really don't. <laughs> but I've actually got a lot better, but I don't really like watching horror on my own. Mm. But um, I watched this on my own, and it was actually fine. Um, and the aesthetics in that is obviously amazing. Um, it's directed by Dario Argento, um, mm. and he's really he's a really good 
director and um i really just liked um i've just really got into like this past year for some reason i've watched more ballet things than i've ever watched in my whole entire life so then i watched the black swan for the first time oh, yeah. and then i watched this random netflix show that got re- recommended to me called tiny pretty things that that was about oh, like i've seen that advertised oh my god i would recommend it it's so really? good <laughs> so good it's like gossip girl suspiria um pretty little liars like all these things was like oh black swan all meshed into one it is so good i mean mean, it's good in like a bad way but like like a really strange amalgamation because i mean i like i've only ever seen like random snippets of gossip girl and pretty little liars i've never watched them and it is i have never been drawn to it's like it's it's a teen drama but it's like it's kind of okay Mm, um okay uh, I also I feel like I'm going on a bit. Um, I've also watched um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which was amazing. It's such a nice love story. Again, just yeah. going back to the normal people thing, just a, such a nice love story. Um, and you just feel it so raw. I watched Rear Window, oh. which was honestly... My f- it's my new favourite film, I, um, one of my new favourite films. When I was in year six, I did um, a like project on... <laughs> no, I know it's going back ages ago, but, um, but I did a project on Grace Kelly, so then watched a whole load of Alfred Hitchcock films. Oh. Um, and yeah, Rear Window, Dial M for Murder. Like, they're oh. just amazing. Like, I think Rear Window is really funny because... I think it is. I, like, oh, we can't... No spoilers. I know it's been out since it's the 40s, just, but... <laughs> just it was perfect watch in the first lockdown yeah. because it was the first time we'd ever experienced being locked in the house and it was perfect to watch because it was like he's locked in the house and he's just looking out his window yeah and that's all he's doing and then he works out what people's routines are what mm. they do and how they behave and i just again i love observing people observing things i know it's such a niche but it's like i loved watching him do it and yeah. The thing that my dad said when he came to drop me off at uni, he was like, oh, your window is very rare window. And I was like, it is, Dad. And I do I do watch people in their gardens. Because the thing is, like, the acting in it is really good. Obviously, Grace Kelly is amazing. Mm. But um, James Stewart? Jimmy Stewart, yeah. Jimmy Stewart. Um, he's really good in it as well. And I think, yeah, just the fact that he is in the house with this injury. And he's, yeah. like, and he's like trying to make himself better and then just sort of getting to observe things mm. and obviously not to like spoil anything but like just seeing how it all plays yeah, out is and, just so interesting and like it's that weird human connection that even if you feel alone and lonely mm. or you feel lonely you're not always alone yeah. because you can look out your window and see people, people yeah. doing whatever they're doing and i feel like that's a really nice thing to do if you are feeling lonely yeah. it's just observe and like even like I always find like it's different when you're home alone and like feeling mm. alert, like alone, alone, yeah. and then feeling lonely, and then just hearing like a door from your yeah. flatmate or like steps, and it's like, oh, they're still here, and it's like you feel a little less lonely you when you just had the sweetest look <laughs> on your face, you like a puppy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like you're like, oh, there are still people here, and it's yeah. like you feel a little less alone and lonely when you yeah. hear when you see and see and hear human connection yeah speaking um, of classics one of our all-time favorites ever when harry met sammy <laughs> is basically the standalone film that got me through lockdown <laughs> um to the point i literally would watch it like 
every week at least once and my boyfriend ended up because obviously netflix took it off which firstly, i know rude <laughs> honestly like the meanest thing ever but um but yeah then he bought it for me because oh, i was like sad one night and i was like i I've need to watch now. this yeah. i bought it now i think it was on sale in, on amazon prime it was only like four pounds yeah. or something and i was like you know what i watched this film a lot yeah. it's one of the films i've watched over I, and over again over i think again. off of how much I've watched it this year, I don't know. I would probably have to say it's my favourite film of all time. Same. But I just, I just love it. It's just one of those like warming films just, that you can watch any mood that you're in. You know what's, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then every time it happens, you're, you're like, still like, yeah, you're like, old Lang Syne. <laughs> just I think love it's it. A song about old friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, how they used to be friends. <laughs> friends again i don't know but i've made this pact with my film student boyfriend that we can only watch it together so oh i've made this pact with him now like i can't even watch it on my own oh no i watch it all the time <laughs> but you have me to thank because i introduced you to yeah that. i do it is my favorite <laughs> i'm taking full credit um then i've got two sort of more modern films mm. um so the first one um is queen and slim which oh, i haven't watched it yet oh, so this came out in 2019 and it's um i'm reading this off a description um it's a romantic road crime drama directed by um melina matsukas i'm definitely saying her name wrong so i apologize but um it's stars daniel kalua and jody turner smith um and basically centers on a black couple who go on a first date and then they end up having to go on the run um and it's just phenomenal like firstly Jodie Turner Smith is probably one of the most beautiful women I think I've ever seen um but her and Daniel Kaluuya like the chemistry that they have um and the relationship that they grow in this film from this like quite funny first date Mm. is incredible it's I actually watched it in June, sort of at the height of the um, George Floyd murder. Um, And it was one of those films that, like, it makes you ask so many questions about society and you learn so much. And, yeah, it's just incredible. Like, my dad at one point, like, got up and screamed because, like, just of everything that happens, it's phenomenal. Like, if you haven't seen it, I could not recommend it more. Um yeah it's yeah it's stunning and again like the filmography in it is just beautiful like the way that um like certain colors are captured Mm. just like really romantic but also like quite dark and quite intense it's just it's phenomenal i could not recommend it enough um yeah and then the other one again a real theme of me being late to the party on things um is someone great um which stars gina rodriguez um it basically i think i've watched it yeah probably have um oh my god i did watch it i watched it when i yeah yeah it's got that infamous (laughs) scene of um gina rodriguez dancing to lizzo in the kitchen yeah i have watched it um basically it follows um a music journalist jenny who is played by gina rodriguez who's been dumped by her long-term boyfriend and basically seeks like a final adventure with her two best friends before she moves to san francisco for a new job um it made me laugh and it made me cry which is very rare for a film i don't often cry at stuff like films that is i cry a lot generally um (laughs) i was sobbing i was sobbing. oh it's such a unique film i think Mm. because obviously even though the like 
obviously the main theme is like this heartbreak it's actually about female friendship yeah and it's about the friendship. love that you can have for the women in your life um mm. and it really shines through despite the fact she's going through this like horrible heartbreak um i love it and again if you're not sold on this by the description alone like that's the film that put lizzo like back on the map yeah and, like honestly all i want to do now is just dance in the kitchen in my pants to lizzo <laughs> which i'm certain i'll do when i move out of student housing yeah. but yeah I, it's just stunning and yeah i just think that um the, the three main characters were just cast so perfectly yeah they were weren't they um and i also realized, it's so funny as well um Oh, I've completely forgotten her character's name, but one of the girls is in John Tucker Must Die. Oh yeah, she's um in Pitch Perfect as well. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> she's oh, in everything. I just, I just absolutely love it, and I've watched it a few times now. And the more I watch it, the more I'm just like, oh, this is just excellent. It's just yeah. so good, and yeah, I just think Gina Rodriguez is mm. wicked. So yeah, um, it was. It, I watched that quite a while ago, but I really did like it. It was hit me at a poignant point mm, in my life. Yeah, and yeah, I just love it. Again, it's like. It's, I think, one of those, like, sad boy films, as I've said about, like, When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Pretty much, like, whatever mood I'm in, I could watch that. And yeah. either, like, have a little cry if I need to, or, mm. you know, just be, like, happy and <laughs> get up and join her while yeah. she's, like, dancing and drinking tequila. Yeah, it is a good <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, it's really, really good. I'm going to move to quite a poignant story at the moment. Um, and this is the Sarah Everard case um it's basically been taking over the internet for the last week and rightly so i think Mm. because there are so many elements to this that really hit home for women everywhere i think um so the details of this at the moment at the time that we're recording this is what we know um so 33 year old sarah everard left her friend's home and was last seen walking through class clapham on march 3rd um since then a metropolitan police officer has been arrested in kent on tuesday over her disappearance and they believe there's also a 30 year old woman who's um been questioned on it as well Mm -hmm. her story has been widely shared on social media and sparked conversation about about the fact that women don't feel safe walking home or walking anywhere Mm. kind of day or night um and i think this story really brings up sort of two major themes so one the sort of behavior that women have to um have on like a daily basis um and also the idea of sexual violence towards women um while obviously we don't know the details of the case um i think that's a lot of what i've been seeing on social media recently is the fact it obviously raises the idea of sexual violence yeah if someone's been arrested um something's happened something's gone amiss even if Mm. she, she had just been kidnapped yeah and Um, i think the thing that um we're seeing everywhere is the fact that she the steps that she took as i'm sure you've seen all over people's instagram stories were exactly everything that we've been taught to do of wearing like bright colored clothing yeah letting people know where you are wearing like comfortable running shoes as well and yeah just all of it is it's terrifying because you read it and um it is the thing that you fear the most and i'm sure you're the same is something i think about every single time i leave the house by myself yeah it's it's something that you you are constantly i keep my keys in my pocket and um and i'm constantly looking behind me if someone's behind me and um i take the main roads i'm kind of lucky that i live on ecky road so i don't it's always busy and there's always street lamps 
Um, but if I was ever walking home at night, I would definitely phone someone, phone someone yeah. or just get a taxi, um, which mm-hmm. is so sad because you spend so much money on taxis and yeah. it could be the freaking taxi driver. Yeah. So, And I think that that's another thing that is the reality is that it could be anyone, even if you take yeah. the right steps. I mean, this guy's a police officer. Yeah, you know, and like especially sort of with the privilege that comes of being white as well yeah um you think sort of you have a obviously there's a very different um experience with the police but you imagine that the police are there to protect you and obviously if he is you know related to her disappearance which evidently they think he is it's sickening i mean it's it's sickening at any point but you just think his it's his his job yeah Yeah. is to protect and he's just taken his power Mm. and violated and exploited it um to for his own disturbed whatever and obviously especially in the last year um like behavior of the police and stuff it just it people are a lot more sensitive I think it just goes to show that there is a lot more training that is needed mm. and um and just a lot more checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just a lot more checks and obviously this comes from a place of underfunding. Um yeah. and yeah, it's just the whole thing is ju- it's just so upsetting. Um yeah. and especially with everything that's sort of being seen at the moment now it's being said oh like don't walk home by yourself at night like don't wear headphones it isn't the first time that this has been said like um in research i was doing um for one of my modules um i came across a bbc story in 2018 um where there had been sexual attacks in crinklewood and police literally said women don't wear headphones um make sure that you like don't walk alone anywhere basically don't enjoy yourself and essentially it was women change your behavior yeah and actually, it's like yeah. we are taught from such a young age to, not to talk to strangers, yeah, not to talk to strangers, to walk on a well-lit main road oh, yeah. at any given point, um, to you know not flash your belongings, and if you feel unsafe, to put your keys yeah. between your knuckles. And it's one of those things that obviously we get taught all of that. We know this. Yeah. This is like inherently, we know certain things. Um, and obviously, there's been certain points where I felt uncomfortable. When I have carried like keys in, in between my mm. fingers. Nothing's happened, but there is that fear. There's the threat. There's exactly. the threat, and it's and you can't trust. You can't trust anyone. Yeah. And yeah, we've. I maybe got taught it in year six, as young as year six, that you take take the main roads i mean mm. from that point it's kind of like a child thing yeah. but even they would be talking to the girls basically yeah. and be saying don't take a back road don't there's lots of little um snickets where yeah. i'm live don't take a snicket if you yeah. ha- don't have to um take well lit roads and that's the advice that I've taken every single yeah. time and and if it was dark I wouldn't go under the underpass if it was exactly it's yeah. just it's just innate as you said yeah. it's just all of these things and um I've obviously like I've spoken a lot about this with like my parents and like male friends of mine as well and like my boyfriend obviously um and I remember me and my mum were talking about it once um and my mum had basically obviously said to my dad like because they got together really young yeah um and she'd obviously been like okay like if you're behind a woman like give her the space or cross the road or walk in front of her like these yeah. are all really really small things that obviously my dad was like 
hadn't even thought of that yeah he's like but they're all such small things that you can do just to make women feel more comfortable and um yeah like it's because obviously these things happen in broad daylight as well yeah and going back to just like not being able to have your headphones on or or Mm. walking at night a lot of people do enjoy walking at night because it's peaceful and and men like to do it and even in like 1977 when peter sutcliffe what Mm. the media named the yorkshire ripper uh was at large they told women not to go out at night as well it's the same thing time and time again and that started the reclaim the night movement and if you watch the documentary on netflix you will see it from the women's perspective that this isn't about women's behavior because we're all following the 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 rules we're all following the rules and you it is about educating men it's about educating men there was like one instance actually where um I was like leaving the pub um and I went to go and get a taxi and um yeah. like cuz uh, like back home I live really close to town mm. the taxi driver was like no I'm not going to take you home like that's that's too far that's too close for me basically like <sighs> it would be the easiest fiver ever but you just didn't want to do it yeah. so then I was like by myself at like whatever time in the morning it was in town I then had to phone my brother who just finished like an 8 hour shift at a pub being like can you come and like can you walk yeah. here and walk me home because it was just that thing, like, that mm. I just, I couldn't get home by myself. No, absolutely wasn't going to risk walking through town. Even though, like, where I live back home is, a, like, it's a safe place. Yeah. It's still that thing of anything could happen yeah. in, like, five or ten minutes that it takes me to walk home. And I think the most important thing is men having conversations with the women in their life and the men in their life. Oh, it's it's because <clears throat> men get very defensive when women try to tell them things um that's their own issue um but they do and you get once in the blue moon you get a man that listens to a woman which is fantastic obviously Mm. um but that man who has listened to the women needs to go to his group chat needs to go to his brother his dad his son and go these are the things we can help these women do we're not asking for much Women yeah. want to walk home. That's it. That's the bare minimum. Because um, there was that thing that went round on Instagram um, about like, okay, if there were no men for a night, what would you do? Basically, mm. everyone said go for a walk with headphones in at night. Yeah. And it's just kind of staggering because obviously, well, it's not staggering for us in terms of, yeah. well, we know that already. Like as women, that we know that's something that we'd like to be able to do. But mm. just the fact it was like everyone that said it and you just think yeah evidently something has to change something's something's amiss and men are like oh well she shouldn't have been walking home so late well um no (laughs) it's nine o'clock she took she literally took every precaution that we've ever been taught and yet the absolute worst thing happened to her um Um, and it's like even if she wasn't actually on the phone like i've done this before like if she wasn't actually on the phone to her boyfriend who she was on the phone to like I would always even if my mum didn't pick up which is often um I would be like hi mum yeah just Um, pretend yeah I'm just walking home now um I'll be five minutes whatever and I'm next to the spa yeah or something and it's like you just do those things and like 
I remember the other day when we met up. <laughs> It was what three pm, and I said, "Text me when you're yeah, home." Exactly. Both of us were like, "Let me know that you get home safe." <laughs> we were both like ten minutes away from home, Literally, but like it was broad daylight. There was loads of people around, but you still do it. Yeah, and it's it's those things that you know. Yeah, because um, also there was a statistic that came up from the Guardian yesterday that it upset me so much. Mm. Um, but 97% of girls between um, the ages of 18 and 24 say that they've been sexually assaulted. And it was so upsetting. And yet you're like, yeah, that's yeah. like probably true because I know so many, pro- like most of the girls that I know probably have a story. Yeah. Um, it's it's the whole Me Too thing again. Yeah. It's how many times does this have to come up before men are like, wow, this is such an unsafe world. Just, yeah, it's... Obviously, the most important thing is for men to be having these conversations with each other. And there is um, a video that I can't remember the guy's name. Um, I've seen it quite a few times going around. And I saw it this morning. Um, this guy is like on stage and he's basically talking about his own guilt um, in relation to sexual violence. And um, he said, you know, one in 10 men will like rape someone. Mm. Um, he said, and if, you know, the nine other people there don't say anything he was like there's no point in them being there because they're just not saying anything and basically um his story um was the fact that he said i ignored one of my friends behavior towards women and he ended up raping one of my friends and Mm. and he said and that's on me until i die now like that's Mm. you know that's my fault um and he starts his sort of um speech i guess um saying women you already know this so i'm talking to the men in this room Mm. um and yeah ultimately it's just more conversations need to be had and i'm like fortunate that me and my boyfriend talk about it him i know him and his friends talk about it because i've been present for it and you just think like pass it on have the conversation and if you see your friend acting in a certain way or even if you see some man you don't know acting in a certain way that you know if you see it do something just step in just mm. even if it's li- quite literally just standing in the way yeah because um there was an advert that i saw as well the other day of um like just all these people just noticing like certain things yeah um like if it was on the tube or in the gym or on a bus or whatever all these people like noticed it and then like got in the way got in the eye line or then just went over and was like oh my god i'm really sorry like i think you dropped this or, like even if they did yeah, it's just all it's these also... really small things that you can do that if you notice it do something because obviously like women are taking these precautions already to try and be as safe as they possibly can and And not we take all these precautions to be as safe as possibly can and not to bait men either we don't Mm. bait men like i think that's another conversation that's been going around like oh she was walking home at night to bait him it's like what how can you say that how can you say that it's victim blaming it is victim blaming it's and again that's like that's a whole other conversation in itself of you know you have to sort of i remember writing a piece about this um for uni it was like a year like into the me too movement and it was basically like we have to i think i said something along that we have to start initially believing the victims Mm. before we then you know ask questions further down the line we have to take their story at face value and Mm. be like okay and then find out what the facts are because obviously people who do lie about this sort of thing a hundred percent need to be persecuted in the Mm. same way as you know someone who has assaulted them 
but we do have to take the victim story at face value and yeah. say, okay, tell me exactly what happened. Yeah. Tell me the facts. Mm. Um, because it's ju- like it's just the most awful, horrible thing to happen to anyone. And if you know it turns it get turns around on them, and you just think, how is that fair? Yeah. How is that right? That, yeah. You know, they're telling us this really horrible thing that's happened, and we don't instantly just go. I'm really sorry that yeah. that happened to you. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's mm. awful. It's awful. Yeah, it's really, really upsetting. And obviously, this is not the first time that this has happened. It's this has happened for decades, as you've said, sort of mentioning the Yorkshire mm. Ripper. Um, but yeah, just this case in particular seems to just really hit home, especially because she did everything right. Mm. She did everything that we've been taught, and it now the conversation can't be what else can women do it has yeah. to be okay has to be what can the men around us mm. what can society do to change this and to and stop this from happening if there were witnesses like and stuff like if it was a man i'm sure he's feeling really really shit that he didn't do anything yeah. but just come forward and just say i saw this and that can help and like yeah. that's the thing that can help and yeah i think day to day obviously like we've said like we keep saying it talk to the men in your life and yeah. then talk to other men and if, if you're ever in a situation where you think something's going not very well like um girls are taught this all the time if they're in a bar and they mm-hmm. look it looks like someone's getting a bit annoyed at a man that's talking to them we always go oh my god jane yeah, hi exactly. i haven't seen you in so long do that yeah just step in and w- when you do that don't get a saviour complex no you know don't get a saviour p- complex because that's a really dick thing to do <laughs> just you just just do right it thing. just do it yeah. because you have seen someone in danger and i know yeah. lots of men won't get a savior complex i'm not saying that but um because it's women as well yeah like, yeah because you know like because so, like, some girls really do like oh my god i did this amazing thing and it's like yeah you did the right thing yeah at the end of the day and it's it's the bare minimum yeah you know it re- like it is the bare minimum for half of the population to feel yeah. safe mm. yeah and that's yeah that's basically all it is um and obviously this is this is a this is even more poignant because she is a cisgendered yes white woman yeah who has blonde hair and a, she's in good shape and she's she is probably the most privileged out of all women yeah or people who label themselves as women and she got attacked and she is if you imagine it like a food chain she's at the top and people who are at the bottom they may get this more frequently yeah exactly and let's not forget about sex workers and trans women and mm. and black women exactly. and they are they are getting treated like this too exactly. and i'm not trying to it's awful what happened because it hits so close to home because my sister lives close to clapham clapham, uh, clapham common my sister lives close to clapham common your sister lives <laughs> close to clapham common yeah my sister lives close to clapham common so could it could have been any one yeah. of her friends her her flatmate it could have been anyone and and yeah yeah i think 
along that kind of line, there are also like over 300 black young girls that have gone missing. Mm. Um, And obviously justice needs to be done for them as well. And the thing is like, we just can't forget just how common this is and the fact that it does affect everyone. Like everyone on the food chain. Whether you're cisgender, whether you're non-binary, everyone is affected like... Everyone on the food chain that I just mentioned, like from cisgendered white women down to black trans disabled women yeah yeah it's it stretches so so far and essentially just we just all need to be far more aware and men need to be far more aware of the things that they can do and that only comes from having the conversations and they will be difficult they'll be uncomfortable but ultimately like you could really genuinely save someone Mm. in circumstances and that is just the right thing to do yeah the right thing to do is to step in and use the privilege that you do have yeah because they do have a lot of privilege and i think that that's the thing that men need to acknowledge now i think it's about time that men and people who pass as looking as men Mm. take their privilege and take their privilege to and use it yeah yeah so i really hope that um obviously the outcome of this case isn't the absolute worst Mm. um but yeah i think the conversation it has brought is so important and obviously there's so much more that we can all do um and i think everyone just needs to start doing it yeah (laughs) should we have a little um uplifting yes conversation what are you going to do for the rest of the day um i don't know (laughs) (laughs) probably edit probably edit this and then get very excited about it being uploaded (laughs) um and yeah i don't know i'm i don't know i was just really excited about recording this and having this conversation as well like i do i don't didn't feel necessarily that I was like holding a whole load of feelings in yeah but I, I just feel lighter mm. now and and hopefully our two listeners will take <laughs> us two <laughs> will take our advice on board yeah and yeah just pass it pass it on pass the street uh, cross the street yeah cross the street when you see a woman who looks scared what about you what are you going to be doing for the rest of the day um I'm going to dye my hair later. Ooh, <laughs> Blonde. Um, so that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, that's about it. <laughs> well, this has been so nice yeah. um, coming back and I hope our listener enjoys yeah. it. Uh, um, hopefully this will be on Spotify once we try and figure it out. Yes. Um, so please can you follow, share it and just generally supporters so we can get some listeners and get our opinions and stuff out there especially because the, i think i think we well we like to think that the topics you talk about are really uh, important yeah they're very important to us yeah. and to other women and i feel like yeah <laughs> we can use this thank you as a so platform much. yes definitely thank you so much for listening really hope you've enjoyed it mm. um and we will see you next week hopefully (laughs) see you bye